Right, okay, um, I'd like to introduce you to Mr. Peter Green, who is a local business owner, or has been a local business owner, and um, we're going to have a bit of a chat about our, uh, or about Peter's business, and how he's um, how he started it, where it went, what he's doing now, and everything in, in between. So, good evening, Peter, how are you? Yeah, I'm very good, thanks, Mark. Yeah, looking forward to this. Right, okay. So, we've got um, a couple of questions here. I'll say a couple of questions, there's about 400 of them. Um, about your uh, business, so tell us a little bit about it. Which business was it that you ran or run or were? Right, okay, so the business is now known as CSS Cloud IT Services. We're based over on the Harfreeze Industrial Estate, the Gapton Industrial Estate, um, and we provide professional IT services to local businesses, organisations, um, so it's predominantly businesses, but we have a number of charities. We do work with schools, um, not in this immediate area, but we do some schools work as well. So it's providing professional IT services to those organisations who don't have expertise in-house. We become, if you like, an outsourced yeah. IT department. Excellent. Okay. Um, and what type of business is it? Is it is it a sole, not sole trader? No, no, no. It's a limited company. Um, so owned by the current directors. So it's a privately owned yeah. company. Okay. Yeah. All right. And who? So who does own it now? Um, it's a couple, um, Kevin and Ali, who are the managing director and financial director, respectively. So they're the um, shareholders and the working directors. Okay. And what was what was your involvement in the uh, in, in, in the business? Well, I was part. What happened was um, I started my business many years ago, thirty years ago, believe it or not, in oh, IT. Oh. And Kevin, who I've just referred to, he had a very similar business. I was in Yarmouth, he was in Lowestoft. And a few years ago, we decided to put the two businesses together. We did a business merger, um, number of benefits to that, to, uh, if you like, firstly, remove competition from the marketplace, because we yeah. were competing for the same customers, uh, to grow in size, to make it more secure for our employees and the customers. Um, and he's quite a bit younger than me, so he's got ambitions long-term for the company, whereas, um, at my grand old age, I was, lo <laughs> I was looking forward to some sort of retirement. Go so on, we yeah. put the business together and formed CSS Cloud. Oh, excellent. And how, how many people work there? It's about 24 at the moment. Okay. So that's uh, a small small business? It's a small business yeah. in the eyes of the, the official oh, the statistics, fans, yeah. but yeah. it's not a bad size. It's not no. a bad size for IT either. No, great stuff. Okay, so the aim of the business and its its objectives. So it was you set it up initially to um, overcome the competition in the area. So you, you the merger, yes, yes, these two businesses together. Okay, and so typically, how many how many businesses are you working with? How many clients do you typically have? We've got roughly three hundred clients at the moment and supporting well in excess of three thousand users. God, yeah, superb. Excellent. The businesses range from you know very small organisations with two or three users up to some large charities and organisations with well over 100 plus. Great stuff. So what goods or services do you, do you provide then? In terms of goods, we supply all the IT kit that an organisation would need. So servers, networking, backups, PCs, laptops, all of that. And in terms of software, um, we predominantly provide all the Microsoft-based stuff that you'll be used to, Windows, Word, Excel, PowerPoint, yeah. 365, um, and just certain associated security products right okay. there. Lovely. Okay. Now, I've got a question here. It's about your ethical responsibilities as a... I know. It's a Mine personally or the company? <laughs> no, the company's not yours. All right. Don't, yeah. don't worry. <laughs> 
you're not going to have to answer to a judge for anything. <laughs> um, so talk about the ethical responsibilities that the um, business had. I mean, particularly, was there any consideration of green um, green issues such as climate change, carbon emissions? Ah, very much so, yeah. Um, I recently completed a successful project, so we now have got the Carbon Charter Award. Wow, We've got exactly. that silver badge for that. Um, that involved a number of things. We're converting and have nearly finished converting all our fleets to, electric, to fully electric. Uh, we've got about seven or eight vehicles on the fleet, and there's only a couple of the older vans now that are using fossil fuels. Yeah. Um, we've installed low energy LED lighting at work. We've installed heat pumps for energy, uh, energy efficiency. And we've also really gone strong on, on recycling now. Unfortunately, we, we get a lot of packaging from suppliers, yeah. but we're quite diligent about sorting that out. And in the office, we have recycling bins, all that, all that good stuff. Excellent. Well done. So one of the questions that um, students are going to have to answer is, what were the reasons for starting um, your own enterprise? How, how did you get started? Um, well, back in the day, it was, um, it was an interest that I'd had through school and college in IT. Um, and I'd worked for a couple of other businesses, not a couple of other companies, one being an IT company, but I didn't particularly enjoy that. Um, and circumstances were that I thought, well, you know, let's just let's just have a go on my own and see if I can't do not necessarily a better job, but yeah. do, do as good a job as they're doing. Okay. Um, so how would you describe your mindset then when, when you were starting out your business, what was going through your mind? Had to pay the bills. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I, we were, we had a, we had a mortgage at the time. Um, obviously, we were quite not not long had the mortgage. So, but my wife was working full time. So it was a question of working out what do I need to earn to be able to pay the bills. Yeah. Once we'd satisfied ourselves that we could do that with a relatively small income from me, um, then it was a question of deciding what my specialisms were. One thing I've learned in business, um, and certainly in a, in a business that, that gives technical services, is um, know what you can do and know what you can't do. Yeah. Yeah? You can't be an expert at everything. Obviously, as the business has grown from one person to 24 over the years, you, you get a wider range of skills. Yeah. But you can't be an expert at anything. So if you're selling a technical service, try to specialize um, when you can. Yeah. Very difficult. The temptation is to take on all the work that comes your way in actual fact, once you get to the stage where you can be not, not choosy in a nasty way, but a bit more selective of the projects that you're good at and you know you can do a good job, absolutely good. I suppose the, the, the temp you're right there, I suppose the, the temptation is that you need to pay the bills, you've got a mortgage to pay, so you'll take on whatever work you can. Yeah. But the, the, that's the short term, isn't it? Because long term, if you're not able to deliver on a project because it's outside your then technical expertise, that word of mouth then builds and that, I didn't get a good experience from, from this business and then that affects your future customers. Whereas what you need to do, is, as you say, is focus on what you're actually good at and why you started the business in the first place. And let, let's go after that. That's correct. Okay. So what skills would you say you've, you've had to display? I mean, obviously IT skills are, are given. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's an IT business. What about um, in, in terms of maybe financial planning, uh, project management? What sort of skills have you had to employ? Yes, all of those. I mean, I think there's two types of skills that you get. One are the business management skills, as you say, financial planning, understanding how to talk to bank managers, how to speak to accountants, um, hopefully not how to speak to tax people. Um, <laughs> um, but um, you know, dealing with HR, dealing with people, once you start employing people, um, mm. there's a whole bunch of law that governs that, apart from the personal relationships you have with your staff. 
and you've got to understand at least some of the legal technicalities. Then if you're going to get a property, you need to understand how renting a property works or buying a property. So there's a whole myriad of skills, of those sort of skills that are needed for a business owner. Um, and on a personal level, um, one of the first things you have to learn is how to actually get on with people and some people's skills for dealing with your customers. Mm. So in terms of when you start employing people, and obviously, I mean, my HR experience, you know, I don't know very much about HR. Um, I've never had to be in a position to do that. What would you say if, if you didn't know um, HR law? How, how did you get around that? How, how, do, you, how do you deal with that? Um, do you crash course it? Or did you... Well, if you start with, you make a lot of mistakes, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> until you realise that you really do need some proper advice. Um, you'll get it from uh, fellow business people, you know, from networking, you'll hear stuff and you'll work out those people who know what they're talking about and can advise you. But ultimately, we now use uh, an HR company um, who they provide outsourced HR to okay. us in the way that we provide outsourced, H, uh, outsourced IT to others. So they deal with all our contracts, they deal with any sadly disciplinaries we might have, yeah. they deal with recruitment, um, yeah, give it to the experts. So that's that, that's your business, buying a service from another, another business, absolutely a business-to-business right. -business contract, yeah. Yes. Absolutely, okay. Um, right, so let's talk about um, market research. Um, in terms of primary research, how do you go out to potential customers and think of and ask them what it is that they want, or how, how do you, how do you approach it? How do you find out what your customers want? Um, well, a lot of it now, of course, is down to experience. Yeah. We deal with so many businesses, um, and to be fair, you you could take half a dozen quite different businesses but their core IT requirements might actually be quite similar. They need someone to store their documents, they need reliable email, they need things backed up and they want equipment that their users can just turn on and use yeah. in the morning. Um, and also coming back to what I said earlier about stick to a range of things that you know, you know we supply you know IT services which is a very broad brush I know um, but I would think 80% of our customers take 80% of our services. Okay. So when we go and see a potential new customer, the chances are they've already dealt with an IT company, so they know what they want, that's always helpful. Um, and we know just, as I say, we have been, we've been trading 30 years, so yeah. you kind of know what works for most people. So the market research is more listening to existing customers. We're very fortunate, we've got a wide range of customers, and if you listen to them, um, they will often tell you what they want. Ah, okay, so your primary research is actually from your existing customers and that kind of feeds into then what your next customer is likely to want to have. Your 80, 80, 80% 80 of your mm, yeah. customers are going to take 80% of your product. Exactly right, and ironically the other way we do market research, which isn't really market research, is we keep an eye on our competitors um, because if we see them suddenly develop a product or a service that we think, yeah. oh, that's quite clever, maybe we should be thinking about that. And of course, in terms of the way the market is going, we follow a lot of industry blogs, websites. Okay, so that's kind of your, your secondary research, you look okay. at what, what your competitor's doing, and then, as you say, you'll, you'll look at industry blogs, industry re reports, you know, and maybe, you know, what government are saying about standards and, and data sharing, you know, yeah, GDPR. Try and see a forthcoming trend and see if yeah. we can get a service in place ready ready to meet it yeah excellent okay um, there's one of the questions is about how the enterprise designs its market research but you don't necessarily do that it's, it's more about listening 
Yes, I think that's very much important. So. Just listening to your um, listening to your customers, and also another question students have to answer: How does the enterprise design its market research so it can understand competitive behaviour? But you study competitive behaviour to see what's going to be coming or what might be a trend that's emerging. If a, if a competitor has got a new a new product, um, maybe you know that's something that you think, right? We'll have a look at that, and how does that serve our business model? Have you got in terms of competitors? Who have you got many locally, or are you quite lucky in that your original idea to close down the market has been quite successful? We have relatively few competitors, um, being quite a specialist market. Um, so there isn't really any competitors, to be fair, in the Yarmouth and Lowestoft area. Um, in Norwich, there's a small handful. Um, Norwich and surrounding areas, there's probably four or five who we would be, be interested in, in what they're doing, yeah. if, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, they'll be interested in what we're doing as well, of course. Yeah, of course they and are. Of course, yeah. the joy of websites now is you, 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 know, you put a lot of your secrets, as it were, out there for people to see, but you have to. Um, yeah. And it's just the nature of the beast. Um, yeah, so I suppose that's quite a difficult one, isn't it? Because you want, you want to showcase what, what you can do. <clears throat> But then your competitors are going to find out what you're doing. Well, I suppose it's, it, it works both ways, though, doesn't it? You know, it, you're you're going to do that. Your competitors going to do that. So, you know, it, it's it's an open it's an open market. One of the things to remember, sorry about yeah. about our type of business, is we're not selling commodities. We're not selling yeah. widgets. We don't need to have a website and sell a thousand widgets a week. You know? no. We're selling services. We are selling equipment as well, but it's all wrapped around in in, in a large level of of technical services. Yeah. Um, and we're selling to only to existing customers. Obviously, we're willing to get new customers, but we're not going out to the public, for example, yeah. to sell things. So we have our customers are quite loyal. We've got customers who we've had for thirty years. You know. How have you managed to keep them for thirty years? What do you think? What's the secret to that? Customer service. Yeah. Um, I, dare I say it, it's almost more important to give good customer service than to give it to good technical service. Yeah. Now, I like to think that after all these years, we give good technical service. Anyway, you know, to think that's taken as red. Yeah. It's customer service every time that wins and keeps customers or loses customers. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, I can see that. So, in terms of good customer service, is there like is there a, uh, an underpinning philosophy with how you how you approach customers, or is there you know a, a certain set, a certain experience that you want your customers to have, or is it just good old fashioned common sense and how to treat people? Um, I think it's easy to call things common sense when actually what it means is you, you've actually learned how to do it and so yeah. you know rather than, but it's not necessarily common to until you've done it for the first time. Um, but it's treating your customers as people. Mm. Um, I always say you don't want to, you try not to sell things to your customers, you will supply what they want to buy. So it's no, it's no good forcing things onto people. Um, you look at some of the, the massive global companies, whether they're Apple, Microsoft, Google, whatever, they will effectively force products onto customers. Yeah. yeah. Quite the reverse. We want our customers to buy things from us this month and next month and next year. So it's about customer retention. Yeah. And so you listen to and um, flexibility is the other key thing. You, you mentioned exactly the, the company I was thinking of. I was thinking about Apple. <clears throat> I thought about, you know, you, you respond to what the customer needs in a regular business environment. Apple seem to just develop a product and say, this is what you've always been waiting for. And as you say, forcing it upon you, whether you wanted it or not. Yeah, they drive and develop the need um, by bringing out flashier and flashier products all the time. I don't think that's going to be a continued linear progression, is it? It can't. It's got to have to plateau at some point. Yeah, but we've been saying that for a few years, haven't we? Yeah, I know. (laughs) You've got to think that what Apple are wonderful at is marketing. 
Yeah, brilliant marketing. Most of the big companies um, have an okay product and wonderful marketing and presentation. Yeah. yeah it's funny, I don't, I don't think Apple customer service. I've only had a couple of experiences with that. Yeah, I don't know. Right, okay. Now, one of the questions here is why it's important that um, the enterprise uses sound financial planning. Um, talk to me a bit about how, how you've maybe planned financially for your, for your business to succeed. Um, when, you, when you're growing a business, um, and any business has to grow pretty much, a, a business will always either go forwards or backwards. It's very rare that a business can sit at a, a level stage. You nearly always need to be trying to push it forwards. Um, it's important, to, or it's inevitable, that at some point you'll end up borrowing money, whether that's from the bank, whether it's as a mortgage, whether it's from friends and family when you first start, whatever. So it's always, a, or nearly always, a combination of borrowed money and cash that you have managed to get together in what, in what is known as reserves within yeah. the business. Um, and just looking ahead, and I've, you know, I tend to have been fairly conservative in my business life and wanted to make sure that I could always pay the bills at the end of the month. You've got to pay your staff, you know. Yeah. Um, so just keeping an eye on expenditure. Um, you can't always govern what you're going to have in coming in from sales from customers. Yeah. But you can. One thing you can control is your expenditure. Yeah. Um, and get some clear budgets in place. You know what your electricity is going to cost roughly each month and all that, and and just monitor it. As as a business grows and becomes more successful, that becomes easier. But it's taken us thirty years to get to that yeah, stage yeah. where it gets easier. So um, I talk I talk to students about um, a water tank representing cash flow. So you've mm -hmm. got your inflow at the top, yep. which is typically sales. Um, and then you've got the amount of water in, in the tank. And then at the bottom, you've got your outflows, so utility bills, staffing costs, so on and so forth. And it's about making sure that the holes at the bottom are smaller than the holes coming in at the top. So you keep that reserve of cash in there. Um, but how, how do you, for example, if the government were to change, I don't know, for example, say national insurance contributions from em employers, how how easy is it as a as a business owner when you're starting out to be able to respond to that compared to when you've been established for thirty years? I think when you start out, anything that costs you a pound is is a worry potentially, unless you're very lucky and you make a lot of money from day one. But yeah. most people don't. No. So um, it, it, it's just difficult. If I can just pick up on your on your cash flow thing, yeah. you say you've got money coming in the top and going out the bottom. Yeah. The money coming in the top is as long as you can get it from your customers. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're invoicing customers for work, and typically they will be allowed to take thirty days or a month to pay the bill, um, they might not. Yeah. But the money going out the bottom, your rent, your rates, um, your yeah. your employer's employee, employee salary, and often your salary because you've got a mortgage to pay, that won't wait. So um, it's not just making sure that in theory there's more sales than there are expenditure, yeah. it's making sure you actually get paid for those sales as well. And that's very difficult, that's a full-time job. Have you ever been in a position where you've invoiced someone and then maybe you've done work for another <coughs> enterprise, another, another business, and they've had like some ridiculous 60, 90 day invoicing period? Yep. Yeah, that's, that must drive you nuts. In, in this area, that was very common in the oil industry. I was going to say, this, yeah. this was actually, I'm, I'm actually thinking about a business that does this in, in, yeah. in the oil and gas industry, yeah. Well, the, that's interesting because um, our, clearly we make sales, um, which are um, 
lumps of expenditure for our customers, if you like. They might buy a new PC or a laptop, spend £500, £1,000, whatever. <coughs> Excuse me. But the ongoing services that we provide are on a monthly basis. Excuse me. Mm. Uh, take, take a drink. <laughs> <coughs> so all the support that we do, all the monthly services, whatever we can, will be invoiced on a monthly basis. And that money will be correct, collected by direct debit. Yeah. So the services that we provide to a company in, for example now, the services that we're going to be providing in November will be invoiced on the 1st of November, the direct debit will be collected on the 15th of November. Okay. So by halfway through the month, we're getting the money in from those customers. And you've got, have you got these customers on rolling contracts? Absolutely uh, right. Absolutely. Yeah. I remember you talking about, about this um, previously. And you were saying that you know retention is everything, Absolutely. making sure you've got that coming in. So, if you've got a service, particularly, I mean, I suppose even with products, isn't it? As long as you've got the customer on a repeat business on on a direct debit every mm -hmm. month, you've then secured your cash flow. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So the idea is that you know you know you can pay your bills, you know you can yeah. pay your staff, um, and the more <clears throat> the more uh, items on top of that you can sell will increase the profit that you make. But hopefully you've got near enough 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 money coming in each month to to, to pay yeah. those essential outgoings. IT is um, a very competitive industry, and you've been established for thirty years. And you've told us that in in a local area, maybe you've got some competitors in in Norwich, four or five. But you know, obviously it's it's evolving all all the time. How much competition do you face from competitors who are cloud based? Um, and maybe can sort of sweep in from from anywhere. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking how how well do you compete against somebody, somebody like <coughs> Google, who offers um, services in terms of Google Workspace, for example? Um, well, it, it, it's very interesting. Over the last 10, 12, 15 years, one of the things that has been most scary to conventional business, IT businesses like ours, has been the move to the cloud. Um, we've you fully embrace that, hence the name of the company. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, very good. So, but also, if what we give, because we are based locally, our, our patch, as it were, is Yarmouth, Norwich, Lowestoft, and surrounding areas. So we're one of the local IT firms. People don't want to deal with Google, they want to deal with the bloke up the road yeah. who will get in his car and come and see them. Yeah. So, because we are service driven, and I know I keep banging on about customer yeah. service, but it's key. Um, People want to deal with local companies. Yes, you can buy some of the things cheaper off the off the off the internet, but if you want to do that, then you don't want to deal with us. Mm. If that makes sense, yeah. you want to pay us to make your life easy. If you've got a successful business, um, you don't want to be messing around with the things that you don't need to do. You mentioned earlier business to business, B two B as we yeah. call it, services. So we employ, um, you know, we, we employ an HR company, we employ an accountant, we employ a solicitor. We employ people to clean the office. Our staff don't do that. Um, there's all the local businesses that we engage with um, to to stop us being distracted from doing what we do best. Yeah. Um, there's a, a, whole, a bit of a cliched saying that we used to say: "We'll run the IT, you run the business." Yeah. yeah. Because most people absolutely don't want to know. They just want it to work in the morning when they come in and to know it's secure. Yeah. Yeah. You're, I think you, you're, you're absolutely right there. You, you say that you keep going on about customer service, but you're absolutely right. That's what they're buying from you, isn't it? 
yeah. you can go online you can set up a google um workspace account and you can have 50 email addresses for your for your business and then the other guy's got to fix that and if your business is not it you know maybe your your business i don't know is um selling cars for example the last thing you want to be doing is coming in in the morning and fixing your it and being on the phone to google can can you help me help me with this when they've got you up the road and say peter can you just come and sort my it it's a great example we don't fix our cars no <laughs> we no, no you get the garage up the road to do it. Do it. Our, <laughs> our guys don't know how to fix cars they know how to fix it they're your cars they're all, they're all electric well <laughs> yes there, there is that as well yeah um, okay but of course we do we do resell and support um cloud services you know from the basic office or microsoft 365 sharepoint onedrive um, yeah. All our backups are in the cloud. All our everything is in the cloud that, that we do in house. Uh, Microsoft Teams. It, it's all cloud services. You don't need to buy them from Microsoft. No. You buy them from us, and, yeah, then, and we then wrap the support package around it to make sure that yeah. they work for you every day. Okay. Right. Really, real quick one now. Um, there's the students have a, a SWOT and a PEST analysis, oh, and lovely. I'm literally yep. just going to get you to do literally one sentence answers um let's just shoot through these okay so strengths what do you think your biggest strength is customer service customer and, service yeah. definitely weaknesses um not enough getting well the, getting good staff we just need ah, more. okay we just need more people Ah, see if you're listening to this and you're fancy yeah. working in it yeah we've got two at the moment there you yeah. go Opportunities. What do you think your opportunities are? Um, well, the new products. We, for example, in the last year or two, we've started selling telephone systems because they're so closely linked now to yeah. um, to businesses. Opportunities to expand the, the um, product set. Okay. Um, what about threats? Competition. Yeah. Um, I don't think we're going to do anything silly, but it's just competition if they really want to muscle in and have a go. Yeah. Okay. Right, okay, now, what about political factors that influence your business? Fortunately, not many. One of them, I mean, GDPR springs to mind as something that we yeah. had to address. Yeah, I think all, all organisations. Not massive around here. No. Um, economic factors? What's um, um, the biggest one at the moment? Um, Brexit and exchange rates. I was going to ask you about Brexit. How's Brexit impacted? business it's difficult obviously right now to, to separate what has been brexit and what has been covid yeah but supply chains totally disrupted cannot get things to, to cannot get stuff to supply to our customers and prices through the roof so many sectors reporting i mean the, the bicycle sector is, is another one you just cannot buy components for a bike and you cannot buy a brand new bike well you, you can you can spend like you know 100 pounds but you've got like a proper decent bike no chance mm. the supply chains are disrupted um, social social in influences it's probably been Covid and the move to work from home the move to flexible working is massive um, has, that, has that benefited you have you have you done alright out of that no not not really it's just been a natural evolution that we've that we've been on board with yeah. so you know we've done a lot um, just to blow our trumpet when Covid kicked off and all of a sudden we had well over a thousand employees not us you know who, who suddenly yeah. in a day needed to go home and work we made the decision that we would um do all that setup work for our existing customers free of charge we weren't going to profiteer at covid so or everybody who suddenly needed to work from home on a home on their home pc we did all that for customers and that was a big job I that was a big was. job I bet it was. Um, but um 
moving forward, it's more it's more that the world has changed. People want to be flexible, agile, and work from home. Yeah. Okay. And the last one, technological factors that impact on your business. Um, every day. Every day. <laughs> yeah. In your line of work. That's Absolutely. what we do. Yeah. 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 Excellent. Peter, thank you very much for your time. And um, I look forward to uh, seeing what the students make of this yeah. in their coursework. Great stuff. Lovely. Good to hear back from you. Lovely. Cheers. Cheers.